Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Here's Pastor Ryan. In your Bibles this morning to Ephesians 5, we're going to do something a little bit different this morning. Um, last week, I was blessed to share a couple of nights in a row uh, at uh, different Calvary chapels concerning the topic of marriage because of Valentine's uh, Day. And so we're having our couples thing March 10th. But I thought, you know, this week, just praying, the Lord said, you know what? give them some of that marriage uh, grace. And so that's what we'll be discussing this morning. Anyways, let's pray. And so, Father, I thank you for your grace, your love, and your mercy. And oh, it's by mercy that any of us are here and we're able to come into the house that you've given us, Lord, this house of prayer, this house where your word is, is taught, Lord, verse by verse and uh, book by book. And we're just grateful for what you've done and I'm grateful for all my brothers and sisters being here this morning, Lord, we pray that you would just touch our heart in a special way. You are our God, the one true living God of Abraham. You made it all. And you created us to worship you, to learn of you, to serve you. And I pray that as we study your word, Lord, pour out your grace. Holy Spirit, lead us. Remove any pride from us, any arrogance. Help us, Lord, for without you we can do nothing. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. Amen. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, we all there? So when I think of, of marriage, and mind you, it's 20 years this April. That's pretty good. No? No, no round of applause, no nothing. Huh? <laughs> when I think about it, I, I, to me, it's a little bit of paradise. Don't chuckle. Don't, uh, you know, not because our marriage is perfect or without troubles, but it's a bit of paradise because God in his grace, God in his love, blessed me with my best friend and wife, Clarissa, by which I'm able to enjoy life with, share life with. It is all by his grace. When we were engaged, we just couldn't wait to get married. Uh, we used to, she's from Orange County, and uh, her parents lived in Floral Park, which is a little pretty world within pretty world in Orange County. And uh, we would sit, you know, about a block away from her house. There was this corner with a bench and flowers, and I think there was a clock there too, but we would just sit there, and we just were so excited that our wedding date was coming. We just couldn't wait. We knew that it would be a, a bit of heaven on earth. And guess what? It was. It was heaven on earth. And guess what? It is a bit of heaven on earth. Not that we were naive to the problems of marriage, but we knew as young believers in Christ that no matter what we would go through in our marriage, God would see us through. That we did know. Charles Spurgeon said, marriage was the last relic of paradise left among men. Jesus hastened to honor it with his first miracle. 
I like that. It's the last relic of paradise here on earth. And like I said, I believe God has given us our spouse because of his grace, because of his mercy. When we look at the first couple, when we look at Adam in the book of Genesis, when God looked upon Adam in the garden and saw him there in his lonely state, he famously said in Genesis 2.18, it is not good that man shall be alone or should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. And you know the story. He put Adam in a deep sleep, pulled out a rib from his side, and then made the first woman, his wife Eve, and then brought her to Adam. And Adam famously said when he saw her, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Jesus, when asked about divorce and marriage, he affirmed marriage in Matthew 19 by saying, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. Beautiful. The Lord quotes Genesis himself. Like Adam and Eve, for those of us who are married here, and mind you, if you're single here, take notes. You may really want to get married still, or you may just be okay being single. But like Adam and Eve, God saw us in our lonely state, very lonely. And he thought, in his grace, it is not good that we should be alone. And so he brought our spouse to us. This I believe with all my heart. It is God breathed. The communion, the love, the companionship, the closeness, the oneness that we share, that has been orchestrated by the Lord. And if it's been orchestrated by the Lord, then we can expect that he wants our marriages to be a blessing, not a curse. There are some today struggling that marriage is hard. And there are some that are struggling and, and, and it's in a hard place right now. Remember that it is God breathed. And he who called you is faithful who will also do it. If he called you to be married, he will give you what it takes by the power of his spirit to enable you to enable me to learn to be a good husband and a good wife. And I do say learn. What do I know about marriage? You know, I came from a broken home, grew up in a gang-infested neighborhood of South Almani, to an abusive home, a stepfather that was violent towards me, a mother who was disinterested in me. At 14, 15, I finally hit him back. I fought him. And then I joined a gang at that time. Began to do drugs, began to do alcohol, drink alcohol, and all the things that could go with it. And for about nine years, my life, part of the regular existence of my life was violence. It was part of my life. It was regular to me. It was regular to a lot of people where I grew up. It was regular, unfortunately. That's where Christ saved me from. What did I know about the gospel? Nothing. But if Jesus would, were to forgive me for my sins... And he explained to me that the damage that was done to me as a kid was not my fault. 
But that's what can happen when parents choose not to walk with him. So I received his healing, his forgiveness. That's me. My wife, Clarissa, grew up with a silver spoon in her mouth. Probably a gold spoon, more like it. I had no idea her family was wealthy. But her family was wealthy. Her father and mother found the Lord and made their way to Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. That's where my wife grew up. And it's a very different place in South El Monte, that's for sure. She grew up in the love of the Lord. But her home wasn't perfect. I realized when I married her that her parents were not united as a couple. There was, there was problems there, even though her father was a so-called minister. And so the, the church was the other woman, as they say, sometimes in ministry, where the family was put to the side. And, and so she didn't have a really good example as far as uh, marriage in her home. And then I came from where I shared with you I came from. Now, our wedding was beautiful. It was at the French estate in the city of Orange. Pretty world. Beautiful. Miracle. Wish you all were there. Clarissa and I, we vowed before God. We vowed that uh, we would love each other in sickness and in health, for richer or for poorer, till death do us part. We made that vow before God. But before we made our vow to the Lord, Clarissa had already made a vow, and I had already made a vow, individually, separately from each other, to the Lord for our salvation. I vowed, because of what Jesus did on the cross for my life, I vowed because he rose on the third day for my justification. I vowed to live for him for the rest of my life. I had no one else. He was all that I had, and he spoke to my heart, I am all that you need. I already made a vow. Clarissa herself also had made a vow to Jesus Christ that she would love him and put him above all other loves. So we all we both made a vow to God before we made a vow to God concerning each other. And I think that's really important because if we're going to have a strong marriage, we cannot forget the first vow that we made, the vow above all vows, which is to honor Jesus Christ with our lives, which is to never live for ourselves anymore, but to live for him and him only. If we honor that vow, then we'll have good marriages. We have problems when we forget our first vow to the Lord. This helps whenever, you know, we get into arguments, quarrels, what have you. Because I love Jesus. I may be upset with Clarissa from time to time, but I love Jesus. Clarissa may be upset with me from time to time, but she loves Jesus. So though we're upset with each other, that doesn't mean we're upset with God. So we're going to end up still thanking them for our meals separately, Depends on how long the fight is that day. 
<laughs> I'm still going to get in my devotion. She's still going to get in her devotion. Why? Because her vow to God is still valid, even though we're upset at each other that morning or whatever. She's still going to go do her thing with the Lord, and I'm still going to do my thing with the Lord. That doesn't change. And then what does the Lord do when we go spend time with him? He points us, he points the pride out in our hearts and sends us right back to each other. Does that make sense? So you got to love the Lord first. What does God have to say about marriage? For those of us who have been walking with the Lord, there's some famous scriptures. We're, we're in a chapter right now, which is notorious for what God has to say about marriage. His word. What does his word say concerning marriage? What does he say concerning our roles and our responsibilities? Well, here in verse 22, we read, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Here famously we're told, who is it? People walking out? No. Let's lock the doors, please. <laughs> oh. The Lord famously makes it easy for us. To the, to the wives, he says, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Really simple. Not simple to do but simple in that there's not a ton of instruction. Husband, and then husbands love your wives. We'll get there. Submit, according to Webster's 1828, this is what submit means, to yield, resign, or surrender to the power, will, or authority of another. I'm going to repeat that. Submit means to yield, resign, or surrender to the power will or authority of another. And we know this should be done as unto the Lord. A wife is to submit to her husband. And the example is Christ is the head of the church. And as Christ is the head of the church, so is a husband the head of his wife. The example given is the church. Sisters, you wives out there, the church is your example. All of us in here are considered, if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, we are part of the bride of Christ. The church is called the bride of Christ. Christ is our husband meant, as interesting as that is. And how does the church operate towards Christ? Christ is our shepherd. Christ is our leader. Christ is our instructor. Christ takes care of us spiritually, and we submit to him as a church. We submit to the authority of our King, Jesus Christ. We come, we honor him, we praise him, we submit to him, we serve him. We don't disrespect him. We try not to. Amen, guys? So that's the example Jesus, the head of the church. How does the church submit to Jesus? That'll give you some clues 
sisters, as to how to submit to your husband. As unto the Lord. If we want peace in our home, if we want tranquility in our home, if we want love in our home, then understand this, my sisters and my brothers. God has orchestrated this way of leadership and authority within the home in order for us to have the peace, the love, and the tranquility. Wives are to submit to their husbands. God created us men to be leaders. He just did. We're different than women. And women he has created to be in that supportive role, to be a a helpmate comparable to her husband. I know this isn't popular today. And I think every pastor says those words whenever he teaches on this. It isn't popular then. It isn't popular now. And the way the world is, it's just obnoxious the way women empowerment is in the world. We all want... uh, uh, Equality, as far as treatment, and God thinks of us, loves us equally, it's about separate roles. It's about how God has created us differently in order to accomplish the roles so that there's peace, tranquility, and love within the home because it's a picture of his church. A wife's duty, I believe, other than her time with the Lord every day, Seeking his face, I believe that a wife's duty after seeking the Lord for herself is considering how she can respect her husband that day, every day. That's what I believe. I have 20 years. I can say something. I know it's not 40. Some of you in here are 30. Hey, kid, be quiet. We've been married 50 years. Listen, 20-something. And I believe that if every sister, every wife, right, after seeking the Lord, did not think first of her career, of her children or grandchildren, but thought to herself, how to, how do I love my husband today respectfully? That makes for an awesome house. It's quiet in here. <laughs> <laughs> Verse 25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church, also loved the church, and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. And there it is for husbands. We're called to love our wives, just as Christ also loved the church. Again, for the husbands, the example is Christ and his church. Our Lord birthed the church by giving his life for the church. Him dying on the cross. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. None of us would be here without his great sacrifice of laying his life down in order to save us. 
And that's the example. The word sacrifice in Webster's 1828, we went back to the old school dictionary because it's better. And if I read what submit means to the sisters, equal play in this church, let me tell you. Sacrifice. To destroy, surrender, or suffer, to be lost for the sake of obtaining something. I'll read it again. To destroy. Sacrifice means to destroy, surrender, or suffer, to be lost for the sake of obtaining something. Just look at what God has done. Did he not do that? Did he not lose himself? And does he not say in Luke 9, 23 and in other places, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. So we as husbands, in order to love our wives right, it needs to be a sacrificial love. And when we married our spouses, both sides, husbands and wives, we were, we were all in on these rules from the Lord. We were all in, oh, I'm going to love her as Christ loves the church. And she's like, oh, I'm going to submit to him. I love him. Everything was peachy peach that day. You you remember. (laughs) Then the honeymoon is over. And you realize, oh, my gosh. Marriage is about sanctification. Marriage is about God molding and shaping us to be more like Jesus. I thought I was a good Christian. I read, I'm a new creation. It didn't matter how many people I punched in the face in my life. I won't punch my wife in the face. I'm a new creation. I'm different. I'm new. But memories don't fade easily. And the flesh is always trying to destroy us daily. And we're all equally sinners saved by grace. But because of our backgrounds and some of that stuff's a little more enhanced in some people, I just believe. Like my wife's from Pretty World, grew up in a better family. And like they have sin too. It's just packaged differently. Where I'm from, you can just tell. There's the bad guy. (laughs) Over there, it's like everyone looks pretty. But they're not inside. So it's a different kind of sin. And it's just as bad or worse. But we think we're good Christians, and then we have someone with us 24 hours a day. And for four years, I thought, man, I'm cool. You know, I used to be a ferociously angry, vicious, violent kid. That's all gone now. But then, you know, you realize how little patience you have when you have someone with you all the time. And it's the beauty of God's grace in saying, I'm showing, I'm exposing you in your marriage so that you can die to that and embrace more Jesus and, and let Jesus shine and teach you how to be more like Jesus. Clarissa, you know, whatever her, her trip was, same thing in marriage. You get two sinners under one roof and God's showing her, see, it's not that pretty, you know, you know. 
So then what we do is we, 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 we become a perfect team. You know, it was opposites that attracted my wife and I together. And then it was like to see God put that together where we complement each other, where we are so much alike, where he just melts our world together. It's, it's a work of the spirit. And he appreciates it, I believe, for his glory when he trains us to be like Jesus when we came from such crazy backgrounds. That's what he does. That's what marriage does if we allow him to do it. It's a refining process. God has, a, has some things to say about marriage. But one thing I want to bring your attention to is... Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.